0: this meeting is being recorded
1: yes this meeting is being recorded welcome into the three guys talking ball podcast we've reached episode 43 the troy palomalu edition of the episode it's september 29 2022 going to be recapping week four of the college football week three of the NFL, and then given a preview of the upcoming weeks, Ethan was way off on his Michigan State, Minnesota prediction. Iowa took care of Rutgers. Michigan struggled early, but they ended up being able to take care of Maryland. NDSU overcame a sloppy first half where they were actually down for the second straight week to start the first half. But we'll start here with the Gophers. And Ethan, what were you thinking? With your prediction that the fact that Michigan Obviously, State was going to actually score 17 points,
0: I know. I honestly, I thought I gave, I didn't give Minnesota's defense enough credit. I mean, I didn't know who I was watching. If you if you take off the jerseys, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're playing New Mexico State again. That's exactly what it looked like. Like Michigan State was awful. I mean, they made Iowa's offense look great.
2: That's saying something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But no, actually, though, that that was probably like my favorite gopher game ever. Like when has ever, whenever has Minnesota gone onto the road of the Big Ten and actually just beat the living shit out of a team? And honestly, it wasn't even close. 34-7 doesn't even feel right. It feels like it should have been like 50 to nothing. Like that's just suffocating defense. Uh, They held them under 250 yards again. I I don't think they've allowed over 250 yards all season to any team this year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, offense was good. Even without crap, wide receivers stepped up, spanned forward, tight end, got a lot more looks. It got him on a lot of crossers against, uh, against linebackers, huge mismatch, dude, six, seven runs like a wide receiver thoroughbred. So cool to see that. Which Moe I said they should do last week. Yes. Yes, you did. Uh, Moe Ibrahim was good. Wasn't great. Uh, 103 yards. That's all he needed. Had a touchdown, set the all time school record for touchdowns. Uh, so congrats to Mo, you know, a little, little, little cheers for Mo there. Um, but uh, honestly, this defense is better than I ever thought. Like they are really freaking good. So they've only allowed three points before the fourth quarter all year, having allowed a lot of touchdown before the fourth quarter all year. Uh, the only points have given up for Western Illinois. It was a field goal in the, in the uh, I want to say the third quarter. So they have yet to even allow points in the first half through four games. And they have now gone 11 straight games under 280 yards given up. So <laughs> dating all the way back to seven games last year, they were doing that. So, so they are humming.
2: Who would have been that team that got to 280 yards? What? What was it? A Big Ten opponent? Do we know?
0: Was had to have been, it has um, been. So whoever it was, let They played. They went. They went 10 and three last year, right? Nine and three.
2: Nine and 3, nine and four. No, ten and Did? three. whole win. No, hold on. Hold on. It was four State. Was it Bowling Green? A bad loss to Bowling Green. Yep. Iowa. Iowa. In. Do they beat Illinois? Or Do they, they lose to Illinois? Yards. Or would they lose to Illinois? I think they went nine and three in the regular season because it was Iowa, Ohio State, and then what? Bowling Green. No, right? it, didn't they? Did they lose to Illinois? So maybe did it was they? eight. It was it eight and four, and then a nine and four yeah. with the bowman? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. Tanner Morgan. What was that? But yeah, Tanner Morgan looks like the 2019 Tanner Morgan, which seems like, well, I guess that would have been his second freshman year at this point, where he, uh, because he's still playing because he was what, a sophomore in 19?
2: He would have been a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. I believe
0: it would have been Maryland was the last time they allowed uh, more Maryland. than two yards. Okay. Even when they lost to Illinois, they didn't have two hundred eighty yards. They had two sixty-five. In Maryland, had let's see here, they had no nope, two hundred sixty-eight. So they didn't get even that. Maybe it's Nebraska then.
2: It, or it could have been it the be, game before. That. It could have been Nebraska Nebraska, Nebraska put up.
0: They had three hundred seventy-seven.
2: Yeah, because I was because the fun guys last year. When Minnesota played Nebraska, that's when I was in Austin and we were watching Texas play Oklahoma State. You know, my buddy Logan uh, was trying, was following the gopher game on his phone in Nebraska, kept having turnovers um, or turnover on downs in the red zone. So that would make sense why they had 300. They just put it in the end zone that day.
0: No, and and Grant, I told you I had a hot take coming into this regarding Big Ten West defenses. Yes, you did. I don't even, I get the take. I think Minnesota has a better defense than Iowa right now. I, I know Iowa scores points. Don't get me wrong on that. But they're almost like a – they're almost like either all or nothing. Not nothing, but bender break. They're very much – they give up yards. Like they had 300 passing yards to Rutgers last week. Rutgers had 59 passing yards versus Temple like two weeks before that.
2: Well, and to your po- – you know, to add your point, Ethan, that, that's what Iowa does. They
1: yeah. – they
2: let – go down the field, twenty to twenty. It's just you—you you kind of pound your head against that concrete wall because you're so sick mm-hmm. of getting four yards, three yards, five yards. You know, getting a third and five. That when you go for something big, these the Iowa secondary players are so fundamentally sound. They go, they make a play. But over the years, they mm-hmm. give up. They just don't give up points. Yeah, um, no, which is at a high level. Holding-
0: Oh, go, you're saying you're going
2: go. You're saying that's if you know, if you want to bang on Iowa, the one thing is, is they just they give up yards. They just they make teams kick field goals or after the mm-hmm. eighth play of the drive, you're so upset because they make you earn every single yard. You have a, su- a silly play. And then before you know it, Iowa's def- defensive backs. They become wide receivers and these linebackers. Mm-hmm locking people down the field and you score a touchdown and you forget about the 60 yard drive you were giving up because they just turned that 60 yard drive into six points.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm starting to kind of turn like the Gophers last year, even though they didn't give up all they didn't give up a lot of yards. They didn't get turnovers either. So they that's never amazing. really had short field. This year they're starting to do that last two games, five turnovers, three versus Michigan state. Like mean, they only really, I think they only had probably two or three drives in Minnesota territory in the first place but both of them ended in turnovers. So well, like then, these, this defense is next step.
2: And to add on to your point with this Iowa defense over the years, since 2016, they've led the FBS and in interceptions for those six seasons. Mm-hmm. And they turned yeah. 33% of them into touchdowns. Yeah. Which, you know, and that's, that changes games and that changes seasons.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, you give Minnesota a short field with Tanner Morgan and our O-line and uh, Ibrahim, like, you're going to get six more than likely. Tanner's the highest-graded
2: quarterback in the country right now. Like, that's insane. Well, and remember, like I told you last week when they played Colorado. Colorado's first play of the game, corner comes off, uh, slot blitz, sack fumble, ball in the 11-yard line, Mo runs it in the next play. Boom, 14 nothing. So, this defense continues to turn the ball over. Then yeah. they're going to. Be, no one wants to mess with because you have an NFL-style offensive line who's just putting people in body bags because they're all you know six four three ten, and they're moving people. You give them a short field with the RPO game that um you know that which is a staple of this Gophers offense. With is, is uh what's his, is it? Sir? I want to get the coordinator's name right. What's his last name? Soraka.
0: Sriracha. I call him Sriracha, but okay. you call him Sriracha.
2: Yeah, that, that's just a staple. And when you get that running game going, like I said, with this NFL-style offensive line the Gophers have, it's gonna be a long day at the office.
0: Yeah. Well, like I told you before the podcast, tonight, are the, are the Gophers the most complete team in the Big Ten? Not the best, but the least question marks through four weeks. That's a great discussion point to have. Yeah. It's I mean, I don't I mean, I, I'm like if in between the like Michigan, uh, Minnesota and Ohio State, I think it's close, but I mean I think it's definitely worth a conversation.
2: Because to your point, most talented was simple, it's Ohio State. But you look at the way all these teams play and how impressive Michigan's Michigan's running game has been, how fast Minnesota's defense is playing and what Ohio State has getting better each week on the offensive end. It's a fun discussion to have.
1: Well, and the biggest key too is is more Tanner Morgan looks like the 2019 Tanner Morgan, where he looks comfortable. he's making getting the ball out quick. He's efficient. He's not making the mistakes that he that have plagued him in the 2020 2021 year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if he continues to do that, there it's it, we're going to have a game in Indianapolis. Whoever comes out of the East at this point. This Minnesota yeah. team, there, there's a legit, there's, there's a legit, like this is a conversation where game. they could, yes, that they're they, they could game. be, they could be undefeated going into the, going into the big into Indianapolis if they keep playing the way they do. Because who are the teams they play out of the East? Uh, Penn, Penn State, State Maryland, Maryland or not Maryland, Penn State, Rutgers, and uh, Michigan they've State. Already,
2: they've already played Michigan State.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so they play. Twenty-second this week by Illinois, then Penn State on the twenty-second. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that that could feature potentially an undefeated. That twenty-second could potentially feature a one-loss Penn State and an undefeated Minnesota. or Both teams undefeated, because the week before Penn, Penn State, State goes to Michigan. Yep. And.
0: The Alors they, they yeah, Penn State's Ohio got a State.
1: gauntlet. Penn State has a gauntlet of a schedule. They've got Minnesota or Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State. That's going to make or break their season for bad. sure. I don't,
2: I don't I don't care who you are. I don't care if Ohio State had that three-game schedule of Minnesota, Michigan and Ohio State back-to-back. Any college football team who can go two and one in on that stretch is impressive cuz you're going to have some emotionally draining weeks. And this isn't the NFL. These kids don't know how to deal with emotions for three straight weeks like this. Oh. Kind of like when Auburn in 2017, when they played, when they, in the works of Gus Melzon beat the dog shit out of Georgia. Then they beat Alabama at home. Then when they played Georgia and Atlanta in the SEC title game, they just didn't have the jupes. So that's a hell of a schedule. And I would not want to play that if I was anyone on Michigan, on, um, on Penn State, especially their defensive linemen. Oh. They're going to get the piss beat out of them because all three of those teams love to run the ball.
1: Yeah. And we'll move over, Grant, to Iowa. They took care of Rutgers. It was 27-10. The over hit at 34. Oh, the over 27-10. hit. 27-10. Total was 37. So, Grant, have uh, what, what, what are you seeing out of this Iowa offense? I see they got t- two more defensive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. What have you seen some improvement at all with the uh, Iowa offense? What'd you like about Iowa this game?
2: So what I liked was this, I think they found, they found that they have a nice trio of running backs, Gavin Williams, Sean Williams, and then Cale Johnson, you know, the freshman this upcoming year. And with those running backs, I think if they figured, they finally figured out the kind of blocking scheme they need to have to be successful running the ball. And that is your fullback in the game, power football, man on man. We're going to try to move you at the line of scrimmage because I've noticed this year and these last two years, going even back to the 2020 season, when Iowa tries to get in that zone, that zone scheme, where you're on an inside zone and outside zone and you have an area and not a man that gives them trouble because, um, Teams will slant so much across the defensive line. And Iowa's offensive linemen, they're not properly chipping these guys. And, you know, last week, three times their right tackle got beat because the defensive end crashed in front of him. When he took his hard step to the right, he didn't take his backside hands and at least hit his shoulder to slow him down. So it didn't give the right guard a shot to try to block this guy and he blew the play up from there. So when Iowa, when they sit back and they get in this power game and they say, This is my guy. I have to block him and I have to move him. That's when this offense has had success. And then these last couple of weeks, you've been able to run some play action game off that, get Petrus outside of the pocket. Cause when he's in the pocket, he's awful. He's has horrible feet. He's a statue, you know, you hate cutting the field in half, but that's what you got to do. Um, and then you're able to get your tight ends involved. So it was nice to see, I think the way they're going to have to run the ball to be successful this year, they found that blocking scheme. And then last week um, on the defensive line, the pass rush, um, you know, just getting a Rutgers all day. Luke Ness had seven, um, seven QB pressures. Probably should have been called for roughing rough in the pass from today's world on that first interception because he fell on top of the quarterback, but I'm glad we're playing football in the big 10. We didn't flag these guys for him. Joe Evans, Joe mm-hmm. Evans had back. The consistent pass rush, because that's what this defense needs because they're going to sit back and they're going to play that zone. And like Ethan and I said earlier, they're going to let you get your yards, but they're not going to give up those chunk plays. And when they played Iowa state this year, they didn't have that pass rush. Those guys weren't able to get home. And then Iowa state was able to go on that 99 yard drive. So having three good running backs, having your offense go through them, a, a power running scheme, man on man scheme in that pass rush um, to, to get home. And then again, anytime you can have two defensive touchdowns, we'll take it. So, it, it was nice to see, you know, they made steps um, in that direction because it's go time, <laughs> you know, Mich- Michigan this week, and then um, I'm not Illinois, sure right? Illinois, It's either Illinois or yeah, Purdue. Yeah, Illinois is the
0: Gophers play them right after Wisconsin, yeah, Iowa. Then yeah, the
2: Gophers game, and then I think they have a bye, and then they play Ohio State the 22nd. So it's it's, it's go time right now, and they need oh, they sure. need to figure they need they need they need to figure out what they do well. And they just, they just, they just need to do that. And then Tori Taylor, what can I say? When people wear that shirt and that state and they say, I came, came here to root for the punter. How can you not, how can you not root for that guy? He's putting on <laughs> a show each week.
1: Yeah. Well, and we'll move over to uh, the Michigan game. Michigan played Maryland. They won 34, 27, Michigan struggled early. They were behind going in, it looked like they were about to lose or be down going into this, first half, and then Blake Corum on a fourth and one broke a 30-yard run to give him the lead, and then after that, Michigan kind of took control. They were able to... When Maryland scored, they were always two scores behind Michigan. It never felt in the second half, Michigan was ever out of control that game. It felt like they controlled that the At whole game. At one point,
0: I felt like in the second half, right before Tua, or not Tua, Tua's brother, went out with the shoulder injury, whatever it was for a player or something. He left for like the end of the that- that series, I felt they might take a lead again right there, but after that, they had no they had no offense after that. Like I don't think if I don't know if it was he it was hurt, but they just did not have the mojo they had going on that drive after that, after that the rest of the game. Yeah, well,
1: he uh he he came back. It was it was a third and long, and then they, to, they tried to yeah. they tried to they tried to screen, and Michigan stopped like shut it down where they covered it really well, and then he came back for another series. And they actually – I believe they scored because Michigan scored after that. And then he came in for one more series, scored. But then I think it was like it was it was a back injury or something. And he couldn't yeah, go. And, the, and, the, and then the backup played okay. He led him on two scoring drives. But, did they really? Okay. Yeah. And uh, J.J. probably – this is where he really – Kind of showed some of his lack of playing. He kind of holds onto the ball a little bit too too long. Scrambles a little bit more than he should. Has to learn throwing the ball away isn't a bad play. Living to see another down isn't a bad play. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the learning things you're going to go through with a young quarterback. Blake. They were led by Blake Corum. Thirty rushes, 243 yards, two touchdowns. I don't like him having 30 carries in a Maryland game, but they are very thin at running back. Donovan Edwards is still out. We'll see if he's back against Iowa, which we'll get into later on the show. But the other part too is, is the defense in the first half was not able to get pressure on Maryland at all, where Tagovailoa had all sorts of time to throw. And the score reflected that. And then in the second half, they made the right adjustments. They were able to get pressure on them. They were forced three turnovers. And it, they just got to keep improving on that pass rush. And it, it's, that's not going to be what they had last year. It's just not when you have two first-rounders. But mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a co- collective team effort. If they can keep improving, which I think they have, because I think Maryland is a, one of the most improved teams in the Big Ten this year. They look really good. Loxley yeah, has those stupid. guys playing well. Yeah. Playing well. And they they've got good receivers. I think they finally have built, been able to develop some depth in the trenches on that offensive and defensive lines, which also showed. I, I upset alert
2: is I think they're going to beat Michigan State this week. Would, is that? Yeah, an upset? I don't think that that's is, where's that game at? Is it in? Is it in College Park? I uh, at this point does it matter. Mi- Mi- well, Michigan State. It if it's, been,
1: in, I would think Maryland would at least be a two and a half point favorite. So that game is in oh wow. Okay, this is not an upset. I apologize. Maryland is an eight and
2: a half point favorite against Michigan Man, State home. in well, Yeah, in College Park. And guys, well, like we've said this year, we, we were all on the Michigan State overrated train. And um Tuck's coming, Tuck's coming. And um Tuck look, sucks. Like like it showed last week, they they have no secondary, and they, they they were lucky to win these games last year. They have no offense, so what what makes us think they're going to go into Maryland and certainly change that in a short week after after getting their ass kicked last week?
0: I mean, as a Gopher fan, I would love to see Michigan State win, just because that makes our win at Michigan State look that much better. But I just don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, they're not they're not
2: good. And Ethan, I'll I'll say this, you know, for for the Gopher's sake this year. I don't think you have to worry anymore about, Oh, we need to beat this team and make them look good. Do this, do this, do that. Just go out just keep beating the hell out of people. Cause that's, yeah. 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 I still I, want to I, this. I see what you're saying. But after a while, if you, you keep beating teams 34 to seven, uh, 49 to zero, 56 to zero, eventually, eventually people will listen yeah. to jokes. They'll be like, let's go football team. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're beating the hell out of people. And, you know, it was very
0: fun. Just to like Kirk curb street.
2: Go. Oh, sorry. I'm I was going to say like, Iowa in 2015 after they beat Wisconsin in that first game and then on the road at Northwestern, you know, you get to seven and O in the big 10 and it's like people, people they'll respect you, they start to say, Hey, this team's really? a playoff. And Dylan's point earlier, Let's say we have a Minnesota, Ohio State, Minnesota, Michigan matchup in Indy that first weekend of December. That's a college football quarterfinal game. Screw the Big Ten championship. That's a college football quarterfinal game.
0: Yeah. Yep. I did enjoy Kirk Herbstreit talking about how good the Gophers looked on national television on ABC while the Badgers were getting the absolute shit stomped on, on my, Ohio <laughs> State. So that was, that
2: was cool. and anytime Wisconsin gets absolutely obliterated, um it It is a win because let, let's not forget ourselves. People in Wisconsin only make $45,000 a year and they work at the local creamery. They're not that. <laughs> and merch still sucks.
1: Still- <laughs> and, well, we'll, we'll we're, we're getting a little bit off track here, but back, back to Michigan and this, mm-hmm. I'm not, not hitting the panic button yet. There's no reason to, I like we said, Maryland's a much improved team. And last year, Michigan struggled in their big 10 opener against Rutgers and they ended up okay as well. So maybe a little bit looking ahead to next week against, or well now this week against Iowa, but we'll move over. NDSU overcame a sloppy first half. They were down 17 to 10. They had three first half turnovers, uh, Cam Miller interception. He threw a uh, through short to Zach Mathis, then two fumbles, And they were down 17-10 at halftime. South Dakota did a good job of capitalizing on them. But then in the second half, and you would think it would be the coaches a lot yelling, but from listening to the Matt Entz press conference, it was mostly the players that were taking accountability, which has been a staple of that program. It is is a player-led program. And it showed where NDSU has said enough was enough. We're going to stop letting these guys hang around. We're gonna go, we're gonna go play bison football for the next 30 minutes. And they ended up shutting them out in the second half. They win 34-17. I think they might have found a kicker. I it's hard to say. Griffin Crosso went two for two on his field goal attempts. So that's a good positive there. And Hunter Lipkees continues his Walter Payton award campaign. Still looking for receiver to emerge I have not seen that I know we talked about Zach Mathis earlier but just have not seen the consistency out of them that we uh most Bison fans are looking for and the big thing with this on the defensive side of the ball is their tackling has been sloppy this year we think of when you think of your traditional NDSU teams they you think of them not many broken tackles rally into the ball last year they had 150 missed tackles on defense. You know how many they've had through four games this year? 84. 42. Ooh. Which still... Uh, you, 84. You were way out. That's a lot, but, but that you, I, you, the, the, the point still stands is that 100, they played, I guess that's 10, but... Or no, it was a, 110, I think I heard. Yeah, that sounds more like it. It was – they missed 110 tackles all of last year. They, they're they already up to 42 wow. this year in four games, which is 10 with a couple of decimal points I, after.
2: By the end of the regular – because 12-game regular season, by the end of that you'll have already have 120 missed tackles, and that's before all the playoff games. Yeah. Yeah. So that that needs to get short, still, up, short up. What's up?
1: Are they still number one right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they – as long as they don't
2: lose, they'll be number one. Well, and now that James Madison is in the FBS, besides really maybe South Dakota State, who else is there? Is there any other competition this year? Montana, F- Montana.
1: Montana. Just Montana. Okay. I don't. I don't think Montana State's quite there yet. They graduated much. Yeah, they graduated a decent amount. Quarterback's legit, but yeah, it's it, it's at this point a three horse race. Maybe yeah. Sacramento State. Maybe Missouri State, who SDSU played last week, and. Yeah, they beat them on the road. Yeah South, yeah, South Dakota State won. They, so, yeah, they got Youngstown. Well, yeah, you know, they have Youngstown State this week, which is homecoming weekend, which is always going to be a big weekend. Youngstown State, that's going to be a tough game. That's always a physical, physical game. I, they've lost. I know they've lost to Kentucky. They, they're much improved. I think their coach has them headed in the right direction, but there's still a lot to work on. I'm expecting the Bison to win, but. We'll move over. Recap week three in the NFL. Vikings, Lions, the line took about the Vikings about three and a half quarters to wake up and but they woke up at the right time. They put the Lions into hibernation and got a win. Kirk Cousins, KJ Osborne. Vikings are two and one. Ethan, how 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 are you feeling about the Vikings? How'd you feel about that game? Were Um, were there some tense moments there? uh, There were. I'm not like
0: I was high on the Vikings before the year and like that's it's great they're two and one but I think that first game versus Green Bay really set unrealistic expectations like that Mm -hmm. that defense looked unbelievable but I think it's much more Rodgers had no one to throw to I don't think it was so much our defense was that great we obviously had a lot of issues Jared Goff just absolutely ripped us with pretty much no wide receivers outside of St. Brown but I think PA said it best is that game just set way too high expectations. And now we got to just kind of bring it back down. Like, great. That's the lions are much, much better. I think that's very evident that they are a lot better than what they were, but yep.
2: at the same time, go ahead, Grant. Well, and I was just going to say the the lions are better. Ethan and I had a stat about the Vikings defense this year, kind of almost like Iowa in a way they're 30th in yards per game, but they're 10th in points. Yeah. Um, but over the course of the, the, a year in the NFL season, if you were in the bottom half of yards per game, you're not going to get far as a team because it's, no. it's going to catch up to you. Teams aren't going to miss a 56-yard field goal, um, you know, two. And then also, you know, teams aren't going to have a guy like Mike Hughes just get you know, burnt toast with a miscommunication and KJ is going to go into that end zone wide open.
0: Well, like, and that kick, that, that play should never happen, honestly. Like, Campbell never should have kicked that 54-yard field goal. Either you go for it like you have all game or yep. you punt it. Like, they'd go like, the length of the field in a minute 15. You no, know, one timeout. Like, it's, it's not very realistic. Like, he definitely blew that game for him and pretty much handed it to the Vikings, which didn't understand because he went for fourth down the whole game. He didn't trust his kicker. So, why did he go to him in the biggest moment of the game?
1: I don't get it. But, yeah, I mean, that's part of a still still a second year head coach still figuring things out. I think he wanted to, which is probably something. And he he talked about in his press conference how he's still kicking himself in the ass for doing it. But I think he wanted to give his kicker a shot to let him know that he still believed in him. But I think that's something you learn as a head coach that you're just go with your gut punt the ball or go for it, probably punt it, make them go the whole field. Cause the Detroit, their defense played well for most of the game. And then they just had the lions went full lions and Mm -hmm. Kirk cousins, 11 o'clock shows up and looks like Tom Brady. Well, I think
0: this opened Kirk's eyes a little bit too. Like he actually started moving the ball around in the fourth quarter, especially like, he always yeah. looks at JJ, JJ. Like he realized he still has Thielen. He still has one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, and uh, Osborne. He has he has Irv Smith, who's starting to come out pretty good the last two games. So, like he has these other weapons. You got you finally got Dalvin involved, and actually like made it an effort to make him involved. Like so like he has pieces around him. It's he's just got to u- utilize them better. I think is what he needs to
1: do. Well, yeah. Well, and I'm looking here. Maybe. Yeah, they're rushing. They, they they average five yards a rush. If you can average five yards a rush, yeah. Five, six yards.
0: Yeah. Five you're yards win. a
1: rush, you're gonna win a lot of games. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Detroit's not a good rushing team, defensive wise. Good wow. offensive wise. They might have the best O-line in
2: the in the league. That, low key O oh. line is is slept on there in Detroit. But you know, they've built it over these last couple of years, and for the most part. Jared's been pretty clean all year, so that you know. Plus. Oh, um, police! You know, we're, by we're, fine. Again.
1: we're fine. We're fine. Was that ambulance or was it police? Ambulance
2: today. So uh. if someone's just
0: just someone's just being a
2: wuss. It's fine. Well, and you know, <laughs> Ethan lives by hospital there, so you're gonna you're gonna get that noise. Ah. Uh.
0: But also, uh, I mean, you can. You, I'll, I'll, I'll hate on the Vikings' defense. I don't think they're the greatest yet. But at the same time, the last two lines they went against are arguably two of the best of the top five in the league. So, like, it's not like they're going against slouches or anything either.
1: hmm Well, and they were without Harrison Smith. Josh Metellus played well. He dropped an interception, and
2: then yeah. he got it back to end the game. Yeah,
0: and Jesus had to get that pick-a-second pick a 2nd
2: Well, But then also, to your point, guys, I think we got to remember this. In today's NFL, September is the preseason. Um, This team, they're still figuring out what they do well and what they don't do well. And I I don't think we're really going to find out much about these NFL teams until about week six or week seven because the Vikings did not play any starters in in the the preseason. They're just kind of feeling this out right now. Um, So I think that's – this coach, defensive coaching staff is still figuring out what coverages they play well, what coverages they don't play well, and how can they get pressure on the quarterback. But I think you need to look at it like this: Thank God for Eric Kendricks because he he made some plays in that fourth quarter. Um, and you know you yeah. need you need you need a middle linebacker like that to uh, to have a good defense in this league.
0: Yeah, for sure. But and, can we? Who would have thought
2: one of the biggest games
0: going into week four of this year would have been Jacksonville at Philadelphia this week, though?
1: (laughs) Right? That's going to be a hell of a game. A great game. I'm 2-0 picking the Jags to cut on on spread, so I got that going. But we'll move over. Chiefs lost to the Colts. There's a lot of drama in Kansas City. You got Mahomes fighting with E.B. Chris Jones – Chat talking and getting costing penalties that allowed the Colts to win. It feels like Grant a little bit of the sky is falling in Kansas City, and you start got to start to ask the question: Is is Pat Mahomes a coach killer? He's gotten into it multiple times with Eric Bieniemy. I'm sure behind the scenes it's very ugly, which I'm just speculating here between him and Andy Reid. Give it a couple of years, I wouldn't be shocked if Pat Mahomes pushes Andy Reid out.
2: Stop
0: it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I think it. it's pretty obvious. happening.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> can't see it. Stop it. Um, He's in denial. Look, I, will, I will say this. Um, going back, going into um, – after this last Sunday, I saw a stat this weekend that quarterbacks who are in their last 10 starts, Jalen Hurts is 9-1. Tom Brady's eight and two. Aaron Rodgers is eight and two. And Patrick Mahomes is eight and two. Well, if, um, what, Tua is nine and one as well. Uh, Tua is nine and one. Yep. Excuse me. So you go back last year since you know the Chiefs got embarrassed against Tennessee. Um, you know they're eight and two, and they're you know the two regular season losses was last year against Cincinnati, this year against Indianapolis, and then also their playoff loss against the Bengals. What, all, what do all three of those games have in common? The Chiefs do this to themselves. Um, they're the ultimate team who just, they get in their own way. Uh, this last Sunday, first drive, three and out for the Colts. They punt. Sky Moore, muffs the punt. The Colts jump on it. Seven points right there. Um, towards the end of the first half, the Chiefs had an opportunity to, you know, maybe take a timeout and then go for a hail mary they they didn't they didn't do that you know chris jones getting a sack on third and seven and the referee came out today and he didn't say exactly what chris said but chris said something that he said was um on the on the lines of disgusting and does not belong in a professional football field we may never know what that is but which
1: i i was giving giving i i think Matt Matt Ryan didn't seem to have an issue. I, I think it's a dumb penalty. I don't think guys should be penalized for talking, yeah. especially when it has nothing to do with the ref. Like just spot the ball and shut up. Yeah. Do
2: your job. But, but, you know, even then you, you, you do something stupid. And the worst part is, is you gave the referee an opportunity to throw a flag. And who knows, maybe the NFL have told the referees this year, watch the language. If they say something stupid, throw a flag, but also the chiefs, Missed the field goal in the second half, and with since they're out, Harrison Butker, they also attempted a fake field goal. They missed that. Travis Kelsey had an opportunity to catch a touchdown on the back of the end zone. He dropped that. This team, they just kind of keep getting in their own ways. You go. You tell me. Sunday afternoon, Jonathan Taylor is held to seventy-one yards rushing. Matt Ryan is sacked five times, has two fumbles. I think the chiefs are going to win this game easily. Um, you know, Michael Pittman goes for 94 yards. So he doesn't, he doesn't have over hundred and a touchdown. Uh, so again, they just, they kind of keep shooting themselves in the foot. And even, like I said, those two, you know, regular season losses, you know, Tennessee and Cincinnati. It's like, again, do they not Tennessee, but Cincinnati, they just, they keep doing it to themselves. They can't finish drives. They take the pedal off the metal. They do stupid penalties. In that Cincinnati game last year, Chris Jones and the pass rush was getting there, but then for some reason Spags decided to bring pressure all afternoon and have Jamar Chase one on one. You you can't do that. So it it was it's annoying that they keep you know kind of doing it to themselves. But there is a positive out of this game. Uh, this chief this Chiefs defense is playing well, and Nick Bolton, second year linebacker out of Missouri, two sacks, another two tackles for loss. I believe he's he's having a whale of a season. So far and even look what they did against the, the Cardinals week one, where they pretty much only gave up seven points. I like the trend that this defense is going. And if they can keep doing, getting better each week, week in and week out, you know, Frank Clark had a sack last week. Carl has had some more pressure. I like, I like, I like, I like where this team is going. Um, need to figure out the running game and then need to figure, they just need to score in the red zone. Uh, and, and, you know, that'll come but um, stop being stupid, stop, stop muffing punts, stop missing kicks, score in the red zone. Things will be just fine.
1: Do you think it's where they, the Chiefs almost try to be too cute in the red zone where they just call yeah. a regular play and just I, I go? Because so. I, I, I'm looking at the rushing yards and they had 23 rushes for 58 yards. It, it's hard to win any game, no matter who you have at quarterback averaging two and a half yards a rush where yeah. what, do you and Andy Reid has talked about how he wants to commit more to the run game this year but so far we haven't seen it we haven't seen the improvement on it where where do you think that comes from the the chief where how they improve on their run game
2: I I think they need to dial up more plays where we know it is a run because if you look at 65 percent of their rushes are they're out of the shotgun where, you know, Patrick, he gets it and he's going to go 90 degrees to the left. and He's going to hand it to Clyde. Um, or, you know, they will be, they might be in like kind of some version of the pistol, but they, they, these offensive linemen still have this notion in the back of their head. Shoot. Patrick might pull this and throw it. If he likes this coverage that the secondary is playing. So then the offensive linemen, they're not in their mindset of driving and moving this guy five yards down the field kind of like i was telling you with iowa earlier when they sit back and they say this is my guy i need to move him from point a to point b that's when their offense is moving i think the chiefs they're a little hesitant on that because they don't want to get an illegal man downfield penalty where they can't get as much push in in the running game because they don't know when patrick is going to pull it and throw it so i i think in their play calls andy just needs to be more decisive and say, "Hey, guess what? This is a running play, guys. Go forward." Because when you look at this offensive line, I like it. Orlando Brown at left tackle, Joe Tooney left guard, one of the better guards in the NFL. Creed Humphrey um, was the best center in football last year, and he's a two-time heavyweight state champion in high schooler in Oklahoma. That's saying something. Trey Smith is a good good right guard. It's you know, Wiley got hurt last week at right tackle, so that's kind of a bummer. But they just they need to let these guys go forward. Where they know Patrick's not going to pull it, we're just we're just going to run the ball.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we'll see. They got a got another tough test this week with a lot more question marks. But well, uh, before we shift over to Week Four and the upcoming games, we're gonna talk Cowboys Giants. Cowboys are two and one somehow, even without Dak Prescott, they beat the Giants 23-16. Ugly, ugly first half. A lot of cd lamb had a huge drop there was noah noah brown got assaulted with no flag but it is what it is but the defense for dallas is they're
0: they're legit
1: yeah oh man i saw dez tweet tony romo just imagine if we had this defense when we were playing which would have been scary and This defense is winning them games. They're keeping them in it. Cooper, making Cooper Rush's job way easier. They've been efficient with the run game. Cooper Rush was efficient on Monday. He was 21 to 31 for 215 on the touchdown. Tony Pollard ran for 105. Zeke had 73. 20. I, I thought it was rookie Zeke when he had that 27 yard toss. Like, I don't know where that came from. But the key is, is they just haven't beat themselves, which they've been prone to do in previous years where they've Cooper rush has managed the game. He hasn't made those big mistakes that you often see a backup quarterback do. He's played efficient; he's hit receivers. He's moved the sticks. They've been able to get some touchdowns in the red zone. And when he's been asked, called upon to make plays, Cooper rush has delivered. And, as long as they keep doing this, their schedule, they got Washington this week, then the Rams. But if they—if they their defense keeps playing the way they're playing, I'm okay with Dak sitting on the bench and waiting until he's 100% because there's no need to rush the guy back with the way the defense is playing. They're getting turnovers. They are getting to the quarterback. They're making the offensive line. They're going to force an offensive line coach to get fired the way their D line is playing and DeMarcus Lawrence has shown up three sacks on Monday night. It there I'm still cautious because Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore are on the coaching staff, but right now I I'm, I'm fairly up starting to be believe a little bit more in the Cowboys, but that this was uh this was going to be a tough game. And Danny, Danny dimes, you know, delivered dimes to the other teams he turned the ball over you know in clutch moments he moves to zero and nine in primetime games
0: Uh, is Dallas better with Cooper Rush
1: I think they are they might be literally I think they are honestly the the thing is is I don't think when it comes to a when if they want because their goal isn't to win win the division they want to make it to the super. I don't think you can do that with Cooper Rush. Can you do that with Dak? I don't know either. But right now, right now, Cooper Rush is playing better than Dak has. And and, and Cooper Rush is doing exactly what they've asked him to do. This I I love also, Dak. And but there's times too where he he's not very accurate, which is why I don't want him to rush back because when you have an injury on your th- on the thumb of your throwing hand, you're you're not going to magically throw the ball better.
2: William, I just, when I watch this team play, they just, they seem to have more energy, um, more pizzazz, and they almost, they play more complimentary football as a team when Cooper rushes in there. So, yep. to your point, tell Dak to take his time back, and who knows, if they can mess around and win some games, you know, I'm not, not saying that you, you know, Cooper's a starter for the rest of the year, but until the wagons kind of fall off, let let him keep rolling with this team because he doesn't Cooper, he, he just doesn't turn it over. He's never gonna put his defense in a bad spot. He understands the incompletions okay. And every kick, every drive should end with a kick, extra point, field goal, or a punt. And you you win a lot of game, you win a lot of games like that. Yeah. So
1: we'll uh I guess yeah, we'll move over to previewing week four in the nfl well i guess we'll stick with the cowboys they play the commanders 11 o'clock Mountain time on fox that is dallas is a three-point favorite traveling out to dc i i expect dallas they should this game sets up nicely for them i expect them to be able to run the ball on a awful washington defense Mm -hmm. and if they can get stay in carson wentz's face you know he's going to make make a mistake and turn the ball over so I, I like this matchup. I, I, there's no reason why Dallas shouldn't win this game.
2: Well, and then also, you know, the last week, the Eagles have nine sacks on Carson Wentz. Dallas's pass rush is better than Philadelphia's pass rush. I'm not saying Dallas is going to get 10 sacks, but they should be in Carson's face all day. They should be making him uncomfortable. And like you said just two seconds ago, Carson's going to throw it to the other team. Something something bad's gonna yeah. happen. They're gonna set Dallas gonna up with the short field. Um, so I, I I feel comfortable with Dallas winning this game by I'd say at least 10 points. Just just because I don't trust Washington and I don't trust Carson to not totally mess this thing up.
0: How yep. is Washington's defense such trash with all the freaking draft picks they've taken on that
1: defensive line? They're just not as not as good as they they haven't they developed t- them. Well, and is Chase, Chase Young still out, correct? I believe so, yeah. So that he's kind of the yeah, key dog that. to that defense. Yeah, Chase Young. Is not Jonathan Allen get nicked up uh, in
0: the two?
2: I believe I'm so.
1: Yeah, well, and, and Jonathan Allen hasn't been as good as what we thought he was going to be. Either.
2: No, he hasn't. And even, you know, Darian Payne, he hasn't been the player that, that everyone thought he was going to be because – after all these first-round picks, you know, you're thinking, Washington, they're building this team right. Well, they're trying, but they're just – They're missing. They're not, playing. Yeah. They're, not, they're not playing as well as Dallas's defensive line has been. And, you know, nice to see, you know, Dylan, like you said, DeMarcus Lawrence have a day on Monday night because that was my biggest criticism on Dallas this year. Is when is DeMarcus going to play like the contract he's given? And so far this year, he seems hungry. He probably, Jerry probably had an uncomfortable conversation with him. I said, hey, if you don't, you know, put your head on straight, you're not going to be on this team next year. Um, yeah. So as long as this pass rush keeps going the way they're doing and Dallas can keep people in front of them and Trayvon Diggs is not jumping on balls, good things will happen. Like I said, I, I think they should win Sunday by 10 points.
1: Yeah, well, and it looks like, so I'm looking here on NBC Sports Washington, it says that he, he's actually Chase Young is actually on IR, so he's not even eligible to return. Until was it five. five, so so next week he'll be back. It sounds okay. like so. We'll we'll move over. I guess we'll just actually go go across the pond because that's who the Vi- Vikings play the Saints over in London. That's a seven thirty Mountain Time kickoff on NFL Network. Vikings two and a half point <laughs> favorites, and are, Ethan. I, I'm guessing you're a little bit nervous because this is the first time the Vikings are playing in London without the without the queen alive so rip queen elizabeth are, are is that something you're nervous about is
2: well okay, hold hold uh, on no that I'm was that was, hold that was ridiculous because this is the first time any nfl game's going on without the queen it's just you made you made a you made a horrible joke there you, uh, come on now no, that, that's, that's... it wasn't a horrible joke it, it, it it's a real thing well yeah but you could you could it's have thanks when too, was the last to... time
1: I don't I don't know the last remember the last time the Saints played. I remember the last time the Vikings played there it was when I was a freshman in college they played the Steelers in London. They played they played
2: the Browns there in 2017.
1: If you don't say it. It was before
2: that. Oh no, the Vikings did.
1: The Vikings Oh the Browns. Vikings yeah. So yeah, exactly. They're 2 and 0. The Vikings are undefeated while Queen Elizabeth was alive. This is the first time they're going over to London and she hasn't been alive. You can say that about any NFL team. So, Nuh-uh. There's has been teams that have lost in London since since the uh, – when Jesus. the queen was alive. The Browns have. Yeah. The Steelers have. The Jaguars, we all know, have. Bears, I believe. The, this, this is ridiculous. Man, just have some respect for the royal family. Jeez. Unbelievable. I don't care about this, isn't this isn't your team. This isn't your team. Let's let more. Ethan talk, okay, Ethan? Ethan, the floor is yours. I'm you sorry know, for – No,
0: she was the only reason we didn't buy more in those games. She was the reason we were holding us back. So she was paying the officials, it's pretty obvious, to keep the Steelers and Browns in the game. So we should win by 20-plus on Sunday.
1: <laughs> okay. So you're saying without the Queen, about, the Vikings uh, – The Vikings are going to win by 20 on Sunday,
0: right? I mean, I, or... I think the defense – um our our secondary kind of sucks. So I mean Chris Olave might go for 150, but um that's if Jameis Winston's ribs make it across the pond with him. Who knows? They're so cracked right now. I don't know what yeah. the hell theirs is did, his back. Did,
2: did I hear a rumor Andy Dalton might be playing? Ah, uh, yeah, I I've that.
0: that as well. The the red-headed rocket might make an appearance in Ireland. Um, or I not Ireland, wherever the fuck they're playing, I don't know. Um but uh is it who's the redheaded son? He might be very proud. And Sharon, the prince. Who's Harry.
2: Prince oh, Faro. Prince Harry. Yeah, he'll be
0: he'll be ecstatic <laughs> for the redhead getting pretty across the pond. What's funny
1: is they kicked him out of the royal family. I think. He no no. I know he left, why. He what did he, do? he well, it, his his wife is kind of a uh, kind of a bitch, from what I've what well, what you know, I've gathered. He and, liked and herself. And, and uh Jameis said he plans to play on Sunday. According to uh, you
0: know, ESPN. Comes Boston, the devil bit back on the queen for yelling at her. Could be. <laughs> uh, you know how many
1: secrets you took to that grave? God, that would have been amazing. A lot of a lot of people with that level of power have taken a lot of secrets to the grave. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But no, the Vikings win, probably not by 20, but I'll say by nine.
2: Okay. Well, because okay. I think you gotta think this. The Saints offense has not been good this year. And I mean, is Jameis gonna turn it over three times this, this week? I mean if he plays. we just I just I don't know if I can trust him.
1: Yeah, yeah wanna, he has, it fine. sounds like he's gonna play, but I mean I I I would blitz blitz the hell out of him. Get pressure on him, keep hitting him, oh, him yeah. and make yeah, him make,
2: uncomfortable. Make his, make, ball, that, make his day just terrible. Make sure that ball comes out quick and make him uncomfortable. Because he's going to – if you keep getting pressure on him, you know he's going to turn it over. He's going to give you a free one. Oh, absolutely. But, and, you know, the Saints the Saints offense has not been good this year to start, start off. And what makes – what gives me any confidence that they're going to fix it on a week when they got to travel – six different time zones, and, you know, play in a different continent. So, like you said, just, just look the hell out of them, make them feel uncomfortable, and he's going to give you one or two freebies. Surprisingly, yeah. the
0: Saints almost have 400 yards a game, actually, which is kind of crazy to think about. Hmm. Maybe not as bad, just like, he, I mean, it's Jameis. He just he throws to the other team. He's he just a five person wins.
2: You're not wrong.
1: James, James is as much as we dog are, He, the guy, is intentionally and unintentionally funny, though. Like, if when when he says some things, like he doesn't realize, like a lot of pain, a lot of pain, but I feel good. <laughs> but you know, ne- ne- never forget
0: when he jumped on the table in the union. Let's let's, let's be real, greatest moment in sports. That's-
1: yeah, that's such. Oh, a- and we we have some breaking news here on the podcast. Aaron well, Judge don't just talked
0: about them on TV. No, just we don't talk Roger about
1: Maris that. with yeah. uh, took the go-ahead home run. So there's there that is that's he enough called. baseball talk. And we'll yeah. move. Nobody over. caught it. So it's years. It's Chiefs. Chiefs Bucks. The Sunday night game. We're not sure where that game was going to be played. Grant was actually going to be down there. I'm surprised. It's I thought gonna he was going to go try to go surf in a. Surf in a hurricane, just to say he's done it, because Florida Man Grant—that's mm-hmm. something he would do. But Chiefs are a one-point favorite. We're not really sure what's going to happen with this game. There have—they said there's going to be a decision by Friday. But what? How we? How we feeling going into this game? I don't know what the. Well, I'll let you talk while I look and see what the, uh, what the statuses of some of the uh, injuries on the Bucks.
2: Well, like I said, as of right now, from what I know, feeling cautiously optimistic about this game, just because the Bucks aren't they might not have some of their guys. No Julio, um, no, you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans coming back from suspension. But even when those guys have played this year, this Bucks offense hasn't had the chemistry that that you need with the Tom Brady offense because he's such a timing-based quarterback. And also Tom was under constant pressure last weekend all day from the Packers. I mean, everyone except Tristan Wirf's on that offensive line is getting is getting getting their ass chewed out by their offensive line coach and Todd Bowles because they can't protect the quarterback. And like what I said earlier, when the Chiefs, you know, Chiefs, you know, five sacks this year against the uh you know, the Colts, they had another four week one. You correct um Justin Herbert's ribs week two. I like the pass rush that these guys are generating, and when they're blitzing, they're one of the best blitzing teams in the NFL this year. So I think if they continue to do that, they can get home quick, make Brady get the ball out fast, and have um, this passing offense with oh, not a whole lot of chemistry continue to possibly struggle throughout the week. All you got to do, just make sure this—you got to you got you to double team Mike Evans. I mean, praying to the football gods, do not let legerius need or uh watson cover him one-on-one you gotta you gotta you gotta put two people on evans and just make brady throw some of these other guys he just doesn't have any chemistry with and then, and then on, the other, on the other side facing this buck's defense that's that's no t- that's that's not an easy task to do because they're big oh. they and they get after the quarterback this year so they're gonna they're gonna make the chiefs earn it um but Earlier, how I was saying, you know, if the Chiefs want to commit to the running game and they got to stop doing these RPOs, this this week might not be that team you do that against. Um, because you look at Green Bay's first two drives, when they went down and they scored, it was a lot of good RPO action. And you were schematically getting guys open because Tampa Bay loves to play man coverage. So uh, just, you know, hopefully, you know, Andy can put some stuff like that together and figure it out but the big thing is is can you keep Patrick upright if you keep him upright I like your chances in this game and if you don't and you let Shaq Barrett and those two young linebackers and Devin White and Levante David come actually it could be a long long day and it could be a low scoring game in Tampa and or in Minneapolis here wherever this game is being played yeah well
1: so and I have the injury report it looks like Russell Gage was limited participant. Chris Godwin was limited. Team Nix was... Hicks was limited. Or no, he was a DNP. He was out. Jul- I think he's out for a couple of weeks. Okay. And then Julio, which Sean Payton was saying on the herd on Monday, just said that for Julio's sake, you could just put him as questionable for the rest of his career. He practiced, Correct. limited. And then Donovan Smith was also a limited participation participant. So, there... We'll see it's only it's the first day back of the week, so maybe that trends in the right in the right way for Tampa, which makes this game much better and a really good Sunday night game We'll see, but yeah, Tom Brady is great he as he is when he doesn't have anybody to throw to or nobody to block for him he he looked like Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl in super Bowl fifty five where mm-hmm. just nowhere to go and
2: he's not as uh. Believe it or not, he's not the athlete Pat Mahomes is. And then also, if I one thing, I'll be interested to see if the Bucs do this because they're two good drives they had against the Packers. They went fast. They went, they went up tempo. They didn't give the Packers a lot of time to communicate and switch and you know change personnel. Over the years, the one thing, and this is what the Chargers do really well, which always gives the Chiefs trouble. They always go fast. You know, I'm not saying they don't do a no huddle. But when they huddle, it's very quick. They're in and out. They don't change personnel. Because on the ch- Chiefs defense, they have a lot of communication. Nick Bolton's got to talk to a lot of people up front. Juan Thornhill in the back, he's got to get everyone lined up. The communication is key. So I'll be intrigued to see if the Bucs maybe want to go a little faster again so the Chiefs aren't totally set. So then they can try to get some easy yards. Um, because Tampa, is, you know, like is as I said, they're struggling this year on offense. So if they maybe go a little faster, keep it simple. Have you know, uh, Tom call plays at the line of scrimmage, where the Chiefs can't substitute. That might be a um, a disaster for the Chiefs and a good thing for the Bucks to try to win this game.
1: Yeah, it'll be definitely a it'll be a fun game to watch anytime Mahomes and Mahomes and Brady play each other. You know, it's going to be a battle and a classic. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, everybody down in Florida stays safe. I know Grant, you were. You're very disappointed you weren't able to go to this game, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was uh, that would have been a fun one to watch in person for sure. But
2: safety never first. Say right? Never
0: say never. He
1: might
2: be able to go up here. Yeah, exactly. And like I like I told like I told Caleb and, and Courtney down there, as you know, you're sad you can't go to the game. The health and well being of them and the kids and everyone else down in Florida matters a lot more. Like I said, there's going to be more football games. You know, the NCAA Frozen Four this year is in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about, maybe, you know, maybe going down to see that, you know, some good college hockey action. Um, it, it's it's cold, Minnesota, believe it or not, guys. November November to April, it's cold. So you can always get on a plane ticket, go down and hang out with those guys and go to a lightning game and enjoy the downtown Tampa Riverwalk whenever, uh, you know, there's not under six feet of water. So yeah. better, uh, better safe than sorry so we can, you know, meet up and do something again.
1: Yeah, well, and, and Tampa is a very fun place. I got to go down there a couple of years ago when the Vikings played the Bucs. And we uh, we had we had some fun in Ybor City. Mm-hmm. And we'll move over back over to college. Week five preview. We'll start. Purdue takes on Minnesota. That is game is at Williams or
2: Huntington, Huntington, Huntington,
1: Huntington Bank Stadium. Excuse we're playing me. in the,
2: we're playing in the basketball arena, Ethan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's, that game kicks off at 10 AM on ESPN two Minnesota's a 12 and a half point favorite. Ethan, how are we feeling about Purdue? I, I know Purdue's offense probably scares you a little bit, but I think Purdue's defense isn't very good and Minnesota should be able um, to the ball, keep going in a positive yeah. trajectory. So how oh, wait how wait how are you I feeling about Charlie, the Boilermakers? Uh,
0: I think the Charlie Jones tour uh, comes to a pretty screeching halt this game. I, I don't think he's going to have his normal 200 uh, some freaking receiving yards. It seems like a game since going to Purdue from Iowa. Um, but uh, I think the Gophers roll. I, I, I'm trying to say here, their deep run defense is solid, Purdue's, like they're decent. It's like three to three and a half yards a carry they give up, so like pretty good. But also, I mean, I don't think they've really played a team outside of Penn State that can consistently run the football. So uh, I don't think they've been super tested yet. But and even then, Penn State's running game was it is wasn't what it is now. Yeah, uh, they were def- the first game of the year. They weren't close to the same running game they have currently. Um, so I think that I think we'll be able to run the ball, opens up the play action. I mean, that's what Tanner th- like really thrives off of. Uh, the RPO, hitting the deep shots, hit the second window slants. Um, but, uh, I say Gophers win 40 to 14. I'll give up two scores. Oh, okay. that's a Whoa. homecoming blowout. And, and oh, it, it is
1: coming at the bank. Huh?
0: They up their first touchdown in the first half this year. Okay. Well, all good
2: things must come to an end.
1: Okay. Yeah. And we'll move over. Yeah. We, we, we have a little bit of a rivalry. You can see a little bit of the tension between Grant and I this week, Iowa plays Michigan big noon kickoff game of the year of the week. What are you
0: talking about?
1: Yeah, well, uh, well I'm getting into this here. Chill out. And, and Grant is already rattled. He's already shook. Michigan's going to go into Kinnick. And I understand that Kinnick is where top five teams go to die. Michigan's coach Harbaugh knows about this. He was a player in 1985 when it was one versus two and Iowa came out ahead. They kicked the game winning field goal. But Grant is so scared of Michigan right now. He doesn't even want to wear his team team colors with pride. He's got a Clemson. Are you kidding me, Grant? Are you that worried about Michigan?
2: Uh, no, uh, no. If I'm honest, I was I was golfing before the podcast, and this Clemson uh pullover is my go to when it gets a little chilly outside. And then I uh, got home from golf, put a pizza in the oven, and left the Clemson polo on.
1: <laughs> so oh, that's weird. Okay. That's that's the story you're sticking to but a, I know I I I give Grant a little bit of a uh, hard time here but I, I I know just as well as anybody how tough of a game this is going to be this is going to be the best team Michigan's going to face this far thus far I'm not worried if Michigan just can see JJ this is going to be the best defense JJ McCarthy has faced just needs to avoid the turnover because Iowa, they're not gonna. I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa doesn't try to pressure him early. I feel like because where Maryland had successes when they weren't blitzing McCarthy, where they were sitting back in zone coverage and make try trying to force him bait him into some into a bad throw. I think if JJ is able to avoid that and just move the sticks, take what they give him, and see this is a learning step for him. If he's able to do that, I don't I don't think Michigan has too much of a tr- problem with it. I think as long as they don't avoid the big turnover and play sound on defense, I I
2: feel pretty confident going into this game. Well, yeah, you you're you're absolutely right. And that's like you said, Dylan, that's that's kind of the Iowa special. They you're you're gonna sit back and they're gonna play in that zone. You know, they're gonna play the cover three, the cover four. And they're going to make you anticipate throws. And at one point, a receiver will be open. And then by the time you throw it, he won't be open because there will be a defender um, coming down from his his safety position, you know, to pick the ball off because he reads the quarterback's eyes. So that that's kind of what makes this Iowa defense tough in that, that aspect where everything you see is not what it is. And they're, they, again, like I said earlier, they want to make you earn it. You know, if you go down and get a touchdown, sure, it's going to suck, but they're going to make sure you got to do it 10 plays, 12 plays, you know, 14 plays with that. And, you know, for Iowa to maybe pull off this pull off the upset, like what Ethan said earlier, they're probably going to have to have at least two turnovers and one defensive touchdown. And then Torrey Taylor is going to have to continue to make Michigan just score on long, long possessions. You know punts inside and the twenty. And
0: they're
2: going have to have more than one catch by wide receivers. That, that is, that's, that's correct. Yeah, you're not going to beat Michigan with one catch by, by a wide receiver. So wow. it's just it's going to be it's going to be ugly, and that's that they're just going to have to do with a lot of the small things excellent, um because you know Michigan is you know they're a dang good football team, and they can score points in bunches, which Iowa cannot do.
1: Yeah, well, and Michigan, it's so. I, when I before, when we started the show it was Michigan was a 10 and point favorite. The line now that I'm looking at it is a they are an 11 point favorite. The total for the game is 42. I expect a lot of field goals in this game. I think I don't expect Michigan or Iowa to go for it cuz I think they both understand, especially on Michigan's side, I think Michigan will take the three points cuz they know points are going to be limited. And I think if Michigan's able to score, if they get to 20 points, 17, 17, 20 points, I think that's enough to win this game. Cause I don't, I don't see the explosiveness out of Iowa. I think if they can keep Petra Petras in the pocket, I, and you talked about a grant, he's, he's awful in the pocket. And mm-hmm. this is when I might just be throwing a little shade here, but the Iowa is looking for their first touchdown against Michigan in 10 quarters because they played. This in... ain't the <laughs> And so in last mm-hmm. year in the big 10 t- title game, Michigan held in the three. And then in 2019, when Iowa traveled to Michigan stadium, Michigan won 10 to three. The last time Iowa scored a touchdown was in 2016 in the night game at Kinnick, where Ethan was a student working.
2: And yeah, it was, uh, that was whatever. the only
1: reason is because I was there and I had Hawkeye gear on that will not be
0: happening so therefore Michigan wins
2: which I will not be surprised when that happens oh come on
1: Grant <laughs> you, know, you know you don't want to have a you don't want to have a bet on this one
2: no because I'm a realistic and I watch football oh,
1: you are no fun and Where's I know your, oh come fan. on
2: what are we I'm, betting on come on let's go. let the drum
1: roll what are we betting on
2: yeah I'm not betting on anyone Oh. No, a Michigan shirt
0: You have to put a Michigan shirt on if they win. next podcast.
1: Well, I, I don't have a Michigan shirt. That's the problem well, what are you gonna get? yeah. yeah, you're staying here. I mean we you there's plenty of malls
2: around Minneapolis. I'm sure there's a Michigan yeah. shirt behind. Oh, oh, God! Yeah, you can just go, drive down to Shields and Eden Prairie, and they're going to have a Michigan football shirt. I bet. No,
1: you exactly. can just go to the
2: Long
0: America see good. what happens. You get a t-shirt, and you get a bullet. You get both. You get the best of both worlds.
2: A t-shirt and a what? A
0: bullet. You get the both best Jeez. of both worlds. Oh, my oh there
2: we go.
1: Jesus, <laughs> oh, Ethan is aggressive tonight. Wow, but
2: yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll Thank move God.
1: over. Grant, you have curveball of the week. Take her away.
2: So, as you mentioned earlier um, today, Dylan, you know, Mahomes and Brady are playing off this Sunday, and that's one of the better quarterback matchups we've seen in the last you know couple years here in the NFL. So, I guess I'm wondering, guys, I'm going to go back through all of, you know, sports history. If you could go back and look at two rivals to play each other in any sport, who would you want to see play? You know, for would you would you want to see, uh, you know, Ali, Ali Frazier, Bird play Magic, MJ, the Pistons. You you get what I'm saying? Kind of old classic rivalry between two people. Who do you want to see play? Where you just know it's going to be mm. just iconic. Mm. I like how our
1: curveball of the weeks have also shifted to sports related. Uh. Sports-related topics as well, but <laughs> but it's fine. But mine next week is nine, So okay, good. all right. Well, mm, so let's tough. see here. Oh man, I well since I, I, I I've watched Showtime the, or uh, Winning Time the HBO documentary on the on the Lakers when Jerry Buzz bought them. And I've read the book, Jeff Perlman's book. I think, I think Bird and Magic. And I've watched the, the 30 for 30 on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think I would love to go back and watch those because those two teams hated each other's guts. And they it they were just battles back and forth. I think, yeah, I think I think it would have to be burden magic or Ooh. Who else? I know football related. I'm trying to think, but Derek Carr, David Carr, and Jamarcus Russell. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. Oh, man.
0: God, I don't know. I mean, I I guess they're not really rivals, but uh. The Twins and Braves World Series, because they that series, they hated each other. Like, oh, and I, and I, yeah, he the
2: He was obviously out. Of all
0: time. I don't know why this is even being discussed anymore. But uh, I think that would be an amazing, amazing thing to go back and just get to see. You got Puckett up against the Plexi, the walk-off homer to win it. I mean, you have all kinds of stuff in that series. That'd be pretty freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, I that uh, that would be one that I want to, want to go back in time and watch that's that that is well it's i it's easily one of the best world series of all time and my dad my dad isn't a huge baseball guy but you bring up that series that you'll get him to talk about baseball because every every time like on the anniversary of game seven as i send him that and he'll always respond in all caps best world series ever
2: Mm -hmm. yeah it's
0: incredible. incredible
2: You know, for for me, it's it's a little different here because I'm not going to say I'm a fan by this sport by any means, but if you were to go over to like, you know, Wimbledon or see the French Open and see Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer face off against each other, um, just going back and forth for like, you know, five cents for a major title, that would be just kind of so cool to see and see how passionate those European fans are you know, for tennis when both of them have over 20 grand slam titles, just to see those guys go back and forth and see how hard it is to hit, hit a tennis ball when someone's serving it at 110 miles an hour. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that's given enough credit for how impressive that sport is. So just to see those two 20 time champions go back and forth, that'd be kind of fun to see in a sport that I'm, you know, not a fan of by any means. Yeah.
0: Even like a Sampras and Agassiz battle. Like yeah. Back in like the '90s. Yeah.
1: 90. Or another one too would be Elway, Elway Marino. I think that would be yeah. one to watch. I know there wasn't a lot of high stakes of those in those games, but they were in the same draft class. I don't know how often they played in the playoffs or
2: even if they played in the playoffs at all, but I mean, those are two of the best quarterbacks of all time. Well, also guys, uh, uh, one rivalry we forget about was the early nineties San Francisco Dallas Cowboys. Yes. All those. All those NFC title games, the Hall of Famers on each roster, the coaches, the catch. players. Um, yeah, you know, the catch, but especially, you know, in the 90s there, how one player swung things for two years when Dion went to San Francisco in 94 and then he left to go to Dallas in 95. Um, how that was essentially the Super Bowl. Seeing those two teams go out, it would be would be really fun to see, too.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's all uh, all we got this week so we'll talk to you next week thank you guys for listening welcome back fun weekend of games ahead and we will find out on saturday who will have the breaking rights for the next episode grant or myself check us out on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content check out the three guys talking Ball facebook page follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at 3 Podcast, where we will Also be posting short clips of the show and other content. You can also check out our Three Guys Talking Ball YouTube page where we will be posting the full podcast if you want to see the video version. That wraps up this week's episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.